Let's talk about being content versus being complacent. Okay. Hey guys, he's Matt. And she's Molly. Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. Where we give you permission to live live an an out of control control life. life. That's not always easy. And that's why there's lots to talk about. All right, so we are back for another podcast. So what are we going to do today? We're going to start with something interesting. Did you think of something interesting today? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll start with Molly. Molly will share her something interesting. I don't know if it's interesting. We'll just call it a fact. A fact. Okay. What's your fact? I have four tattoos. You have four tattoos. That That is a fact. That is totally a fact. And I said after I got my first one that that would be it. You have four oh, tattoos, and, and I and two have, of them are Harry Potter inspired. Oh, I'm sure everybody who listened to the last episode is so surprised that that's the case. But they're they're subtle, so unless you're like a hardcore Harry Potter fan, you might write them off as just like you know mm-hmm. a normal thing. I think you're gonna get more tattoos. Probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the interesting thing about me is I am a 43 year old grown. Grown A man. <laughs> I'm gonna try to keep this clean for at least the first few episodes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that likes to rollerblade, uh, so I, I actually enjoy rollerblading. We You're go, really pretty good at it. I I feel quite confident with. It. I think uh, for a long time my kids thought their dad had no skills uh, because I I just am not that athletic. Um, but there are two things that I feel pretty comfortable with, and that is. Uh, my rollerblading skills and my snowboarding skills. And you're a good swimmer. That's so true. That, that is true. I just, we don't swim a lot. So that's true. Because we live in yeah. Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, cold outside. Those, that's the interesting facts of the week. And so now we're going to get right into it. And what is it? The question. The question of this sort of contentment versus what was the word I used? Complacent. 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 So let's talk about defining each of those. What does contentment mean for you? To me, it stirs up the feeling of like peace. Okay. You feel settled. Set- oh, I like that. Grounded. Settled, settled is good. Yeah, grounded, I know it is. Yeah. Um, and what and what is complacency? Do you think? It's like you're putting up with where you are. Yeah. Like because you you're stuck. But yeah. it, but the mm-hmm. the effort that it takes to get unstuck mm-hmm. is just not there. Like the desire, yeah, or the discipline, or belief that it's possible, yeah, which is usually what causes the lack of desire, or whatever. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about these two topics. So if you, because it's interesting, because they both are sort of a it is what it is mentality, right? So there's it is what it is, and so I'm going to deal with that, or it's it is what it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. You're a victim of your circumstances. Yeah. So where are you at today? Content. You feel like you're pretty content today? I do. I, I, yeah. I've been in places of complacency. Yeah. So I, where would you say on a scale of one to 10, how, how content would you say you're feeling today? Like, honestly, like, where would you say, like right this moment? Eight. An eight. Where would you say you reside as a whole? I mean, like if maybe if you average the last recent whole, maybe that's fair to say, not like like the last three months. Seven. Okay. Um, I would say right now I'm probably like eight or nine. I'm feeling feeling pretty content today. Uh, 
I tend to, I tend to sit a little bit higher than me. Than is that you. What, that what you're saying? Is this a competition? I think in our life, it's absolutely a competition. Who is more content? Me or you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> every, every day, who says how much they love their Costco sofa? Uh, yes, I know. Whoever who thought that a sofa could bring so much joy? So, I but I I think interesting. I would say in our marriage, I probably felt like I had more contentment than you. I I feel like this year, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm settling into contentment. I I think you've made some major strides in your contentment in this last year specifically. Yeah. And which is interesting months, yeah. considering that, you know, we're coming out of COVID and all this other stuff. So, so it's not like our life is exceptionally like easy that we don't have any challenges. No, it's not n- nothing like there's, there's, ha- a, there's a little bit more certainty in my scenario. I went through a, a business that I built up back in, you know, 2011 to 18, 17 that was got, got really big and it was really nice and, and 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 in 16 things started to show some signs of concern 17 it started to get worse by 18 it was 18 19 20 21 i mean it's changed a little bit but actually some things have kind of what's changed a little bit your just your um my finance like my business business and stuff yeah but there have been some shifts even just super recently that mm -hmm. could yeah yeah, that's true that's true there's definitely still up ups and downs with the business when you're an entrepreneur there's yeah there's deals you think are going to go through that don't go through there's business partnerships that you think are going to work out one way and they don't work out that way that you think and so yeah so there's definitely yeah that's true that's true there really it's not is like still a lot of we certain. have this 100 percent certainty yeah here. yeah no that's true that's fair that's fair um yeah I, I would say that that financial certainty has a big impact on your contentment i would say yes but I feel like that's slowly shifting since okay. the start of this year. Okay. So you feel like you're making an a- active effort to have that not impact you as much. Yes. And I think I, I don't think it did used to affect me as much, but I think it has affected me more for some reason. Um, I think when you go through building a business, having a lot of success, like big time success, and, and not just success like I made, we made a bunch of money, but success also in that we, I think we made an, I made an impact on people. I felt I enjoyed what I did. I was serving people. People were getting results from what I was giving, providing them. Um, I was I, just to shed light on that. If you don't know, I had a, a real estate education company that I built up. And so I was teaching people how to, to do real estate investments. And, um, and I could have gone back to real estate, but after it fell apart, I just felt like uh, this call towards something else. And, so I chose to work more towards helping people in their businesses and rather than doing that. So And here we are. And now here we are. And I've got some great clients and some people I'm really excited about. And uh, just just actually have another new client that I'm going to be working with. She's got an awesome um, project she's working on. I've actually got another lady um, internationally, actually, all over the world now. That we're, I'm international. Ooh. I need to put on my pit bull glasses. <laughs> no? Go for it. Okay. Uh, all right. So today, um, and we'll do this every once in a while. I think this is maybe a good thing we'll do. We'll pick a book that we think helps to look into the element of out of controlness. And so 
where we think, I think the, the reason why I'm having this conversation as it relates to the conversation of out of control. And, and by the way, if you haven't picked up on that, the reason why I picked out of control is sort of a play on words, right? Do you want to explain that? You probably will explain it better. <laughs> and when I'm not super detailed in telling a story or I'll explaining just something, it you anyways. just re-explain it. <laughs> so I'll just save everyone the trouble of hearing it spoken two times and just let you do it. Oh, that was a call out. Well, uh, I actually don't like. You don't mind. I, don't I know. Mind. I know you're you're good. So, <laughs> so except, funny. except when we're telling the story, and I feel like my version was sufficient. Yes, yes. So, um, so it's the, the play on words is that out of control, right? So it's like it's like we're trying to get out of control. We're we're, we're we tend to operate in life um, from a, a controlling mechanism, from a place of trying to control the things around us. We believe that if we have control, then we will have, I don't know, um, Happiness, certainty, certainty, peace, yeah, yeah, the comfort, um, you know, so, so, so we tend to sort of work towards creating this control in our lives. We try to like train our kids up so they're not going to make the mistakes that would be out of our control. We try to, um, you know, we bark, cars that are really safe so that we're in control of the potential injuries and 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 you know some of those things make sense like there's rational argument for some of those things Um, but then sometimes we take that to extremes and so that's kind of the purpose of this this invitation to become an out of control freak and get out of control if you get out of control you can handle the out of control Ooh, i like that yeah yeah so that's what the podcast is all about and we're just going to bring topics that we feel like sort of like a look at this from different ways. Sometimes we don't use the word control all the time, but we'll just talk about essentially settling into who, who is it that you need to be or how is it you need to be or could be that supports you living an out of control life. And so this conversation today is, um, first a question of on a scale of one to 10. I, I don't know if I answered the question. So, you did. so how content are you, ten, you said, today? You said eight to nine, eight to nine. Yeah. And, and, and lately I've been I actually think maybe if I took the last seven months, I might or three months, I might have said seven. I've definitely been dealing with some real uncertainty, but today I'm feeling really good. So, um, so contentment is is a peaceful settling. You said, and then complacency. Complacency is the sitting is the is the hopelessness, mm-hmm. the stuckness. Do you think you so, feel like you're a victim? Yeah. Yeah. I know as men, freedom is like really, really valuable. In, oh, I in love our, freedom. But you like it too. Yeah. So, so this isn't necessarily something that only affects men or women is what we're saying. Yeah, I really value freedom. Okay. So you have a book you've been reading. Well, I reread it for the second time. Okay. This year. And it's It's, called, it's a book you've never read, which never happened. Is amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I should say does it never happen? I know that's a double negative, but I read a, I read fiction on occasion a lot less than I used to. Mm-hmm. And you're not a big, big fiction guy. Yeah. I should say it's a book that has a lot of good, like golden nuggets in it mm-hmm. that you haven't read. Yeah. I read tons of personal development, tons of business, tons of marketing, all the sales, whatever. And this would be a book that, and you that would... would be a book that I might read, but I haven't read it. Well, I don't know if you would. Oh, maybe I wouldn't. Well, I don't know if it would, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but I don't know if it resonate with you like it does from, for me, because it's, it's a, she has three books that I think kind of 
or progression through motherhood. Okay. What's the name of the author? Um, Katrina Kinnison. Katrina Kinnison. And what's the name of this book? Magical Journey and Apprenticeship and Contentment. Okay. And, and is she, uh, did she write um, more than one book, did you say? Yeah. So her first, so I've read all three. Her first one is Mitten Strings for God. Uh-huh. And that's when it's kind of the part of motherhood when your kids are young. Oh, okay. And then you have The Gift of an Ordinary Day. Okay. Which is kind of where we're at. You have kind of older kids, um, some teenagers. What, what does our kid call us? Middle age? Middle old. Middle old. I'm not middle old. I'm 38. Yeah, you're not middle old. And then you have this one where she's an empty nester. Oh, okay. So this is the the wisdom side where she's really got the wisdom of living life, raising kids. And where you you have a second to take a breath and reflect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're going to share with us some quotes, kind of yeah. like we did last week from Harry Potter. This, Yeah, a little bit different. But we'll just talk about them. I have a lot of quotes, so we'll just pick yeah, and choose. Yeah, she does. And... If you can see, if you're watching. I didn't even pick all of them. Yeah. Okay. But you have shared a few of these and I've been like, oh, wow, she does really articulate these things really she's well. A, she's a really good writer. Yeah. Yeah. Her writing style flows really nicely. All right. So here, here's the um, first one. Okay. And she quotes some other authors in her book occasionally. Okay, fair enough. So this first one um, is a quote okay. from another author. It's from Thomas More, mm-hmm. Dark Nights of the Soul. Okay. And it says... Um, the only way out is through being stuck is part of being human and a dark night of the soul can be a profoundly good thing for it allows a life that once made sense, but needs reviving to break apart and then come together in a new shape. Your job is to let the transformation take place, be sculpted, renewed, changed. Your task is to let the change happen. Do what you can to participate in and cautiously and artfully further the process. Hmm. Okay, so so what was it that stood out to you with that? Well, I wrote surrender. Okay. In it after I highlighted that, mm-hmm. um, because I think surrendering, um, I think sometimes we think surrender is you're just ugh, I'm at giving up, giving up. Yeah, that's but not I, the surrender we're talking about. I liked about. Yeah. this last part where it said your task is to let the change happen, do what you can to participate in, and cautiously and artfully further the process. So it's not like you're at the mercy and you just step aside and let things happen how they will and, and don't contribute or participate. Mm -hmm. But you're not taking control and trying to force things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're cautiously and artfully participating in the process of the transformation of change. Yeah. What was the first line there again? I thought that was being stuck as part of being human. Yeah. I, I think we, we, we don't like that, right? We don't, we don't like the idea of plateaus in life. We want to keep moving forward, moving up, making it better. And um, so why is being stuck a part of being human? Because we're not perfect. Okay. So it's our imperfection that makes us stuck. Yeah, but I, I, I think I look at perfection differently now than I used to. How so? Um, to me... Not that I'm trying to reach perfection, but I just think everything is like aligned, like spiritually, like mm-hmm. all your chakras. Okay. I just say that because I watched something this morning. <laughs> you did. You did. So it's more about alignment. Perfection isn't about like an alignment. It's not doing things perfectly or it's not, a, it's not without error. It's, it's an understanding. So sometimes maybe stuckness, what we consider stuckness or plateauing is, is also stillness. 
Mm-hmm. And so by having stillness, there's room for the the sort of processing that we maybe need in order to move on. If it's always progression, yeah. there's rarely ever stillness. Yeah. And so, you need you need the yeah. polarity between the two. So maybe sitting and accepting the stuckness as that this is good for me because I know I hate being stuck. Yeah. Like I really struggle when but I'm But I think stuck. we get stuck longer when we fight against being stuck because yeah. we make it a bad thing. Yeah, the rejection of it is that. I just on the perfection perfection note, I, I love the you know, one it was once brought up that the word perfection in the Bible comes from the root word teleios, which is which tele like with telephone is a distant, right? Teleios, a distant hole, like W H O L E. So so it's sort of like this this wholeness that is not here it's not present with us but it's something we're working towards yeah. and i like that definition of perfection much much better it's yeah. that to me I, I learned that a long time ago and i like i really like that um so i i think that the, the reflecting on your stuckness as maybe purposeful has some power all right you got another one for us um yes okay Uh, uncertainty is part of the human condition. Perhaps contentment comes as we learn to get comfortable with it. Okay, so it's kind of along the lines of what we're talking yeah. about. So uncertainty is the part of the human is part of the human condition. Perhaps contentment comes as we learn to get comfortable with it. Okay, so there's a slightly different thing she's saying, which is perhaps contentment is getting comfortable used yeah, to comfortable, what she comfortable comfortable with comfortable. uncertainty right comfortable with uncertainty so because we i think we live in a culture where we should we want to know we want to know it all yeah we want to know everything we want to plan for everything yeah it's wrong to be uncertain yeah it's wrong to not have a path to not be totally have plan a b and c yeah yeah um I'm pretty comfortable. I uh, I love Tony Robbins' Six Human Needs. We'll maybe do a session on that one time or episode on that. But certainty was interesting in our relationship early on. That was something that was very, very high on your list. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was the bottom of my list, which yeah. was a mismatch between us. It was really we, hard for us to understand each other because we, you valued it so much. We are mismatched in a lot of ways. In every way possible. and that's Except for the really important ones. Yeah. So um, that's... And that's, I think we, we've translated into a, a level of compatibility. Um, now it wasn't always, it, it created a lot of friction when we were fighting against each other's diversions or diver, diverse ways of being. So, um, I think that's good. Let's, I, I think, I think, can you, can you do that? Can you live with uncertainty? So what, what's different now? Why, why are you, why is certainty not as, can I use the word compulsive for you? Yeah. Is that a fair word? I think I have found contentment within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you do that? A lot of inner work. <laughs> Can you say more? Well, just a lot of different modalities and working on myself. Okay. Life coach, a traditional talk therapy, mm-hmm. um, conferences, energy work, some more woo-woo stuff. That so <laughs> if you're talking to someone who's, let's say you're talking to your like, 25 year old self right and um and i was i was um what's the word culpable or or um that i had some ways of being that weren't really supportive of your growth mm-hmm. um i didn't want you not to grow but but my ways of being were were sort of 
encouraging growth in a, in a non-effective way. Mm -hmm. They weren't creating space for growth. They were kind of sort of more like, Hey, like you should just grow. Like you should, okay, you're having troubles. Like you should just like figure out how to get past this. I think it's a natural tendency for guys. Like we just want to like fix it. Like, yeah. go, like just go fix it. Right. So what would you say to your 25 year old self that was feeling stuck in all this need for certainty? Stop trying so hard. And um, let yourself be seen. I think sometimes we hide mm. behind different parts of ourselves mm. that we think are like the more shiny, prettier, better parts. Mm. Oh, interesting. And in doing so, then I think we build up those parts of ourselves more and okay. not in a healthy way. Okay, so I'm going to challenge, or I'm going to just clarify that so you're saying let me myself be seen but then i hear you saying hiding behind your your shiny parts now i would say your shiny parts are your ability to organize i'm not saying that was good i'm saying i should have let myself be seen and not hide behind the shiny parts no i, yeah. I hear okay. that i hear okay. that i just want to clarify the shiny oh, parts oh um like what what was that for control, you okay. your, your capacity to be organized and be in control yeah that was actually sort of how you were praised as a kid because when you're a kid and you're in control then that means you get good grades you're disciplined you're you know top of your Being class prepared. yeah i just kissed the microphone <laughs> probably enjoyed it i know i do um so so the the so this um you distracted me with your kissing uh, so, so so this this shiny parts was d doing the things that the world sort of acknowledged right you get reinforced force for it and it's not that they're it's not that shiny that, that your shiny parts are necessarily bad it's just that sometimes we can put them at the forefront and then we don't allow the stuff underneath to be seen is that what you're saying well yeah and i think it 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 doesn't um i think it over time can harden you as in you're not soft you're not open you don't mm. Um, you don't share the harder parts. That's and, a, yeah. That's interesting. You use that word. I can tell you that touching your body, just like just giving you a hug. Or, no, yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> saying like what, like holding you today. You are a you are actually more rock hard. Like you're actually in better shape than you were when you were 25. But you are softer to the touch, and you're and you're as you sit with who you are today. So pausing okay. on the surrender, just on the. As we're talking about being mm -hmm. seen, okay. I had this quote okay, in the book. Okay. Growth and transformation occur not by changing who we are, but as we summon the courage to be who we are. Yeah. I, I think that is such a great distinction, especially when you're younger versus like I, I think and I, th I, I think that and sometimes in relationships, right, it's it you're, you're, you're kind of trying to encourage the other person to change or or like it comes across as I want you to change. I need you to change. Or like, this isn't working for us. Like arguing with each other or, or belittling each other, all the, the, the bad thing, all the things that we've done mean to each other. Mm -hmm. Like we, we've known that. And, and, and in the name of quote unquote change, it's like we, it, th that puts us in a place of like having to, to let go of ourselves. And so I think that creates even more fight, but rather to say, Hey, I'm not asking you to change. And maybe it's not even about me asking you. It's not. I, I'm not asking myself to change mm -hmm. who I am, right? Because that's where the integrity breaches come. I'm asking myself to be more fully who I am. Mm -hmm. 
So where is it that you've been using the excuse of, where is it that, that, that I've been using the excuse of, I don't want to change or, or maybe where is it that I'm using the framing of, I don't want to change when it really is about, I'm either scared or don't know how to be fully myself. And so if we look at it as how can I be more fully myself, how can I respond to in a moment where you're overwhelmed more fully as myself? What does that look like? And I think it's sad because there's not a lot of examples of that in this world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So another quote, life as I'm finally coming to see isn't all onward and upward after all. It's also wide open plateaus and shadowy thresholds the lonely liminal spaces between what's ended and what has yet to begin. It is here that the darkness can feel most acute, our anxiety most intolerable, but perhaps it is also here in the wild borderlands of our soul journeys that we begin to trust our own inner compass to guide us onward. I wonder if I have the stamina to endure this silence, to allow what's next to reveal itself rather than to grasp too quickly at some new thing just because it's there. Yeah. So what, so what, what shows up for you on that? I really like that last line. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we are feeling stuck mm -hmm. or anxious. overwhelmed or anxious, when some new thing presents itself, that makes it feel like we can get unstuck sooner mm -hmm. than later. Then we try to take hold of it, even if it, maybe it's not really what we think will be best for us. Say more. What do you mean by that? You're saying that sometimes like when we feel anxiety, then we start reaching. And sometimes maybe we reach for a branch that isn't the actual, we reach for a twig when we're floating down the river rather than getting a log that would actually help yeah. us stay afloat. Well, she says, um, we begin to trust our own inner compass to guide us onward. So I think, I think um, as you can build that trust within yourself, you're less likely to grasp for the next thing. Yeah, I can see that. Like I can see like when I was in the middle of kind of trying to pull myself out of the challenges, I, and, and I don't know that it's a necessarily, it, you know, sometimes you just, you have to just grab onto something, but well, I'll, I'll, I'll give an example where I didn't grab on. Okay. Like, so, so once again, I had real estate, I was really, really competent in real estate and I've made a lot of money in real estate, a lot of money. And, um, when, when the business fell apart, um, and, and, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next. Um, it, it, real estate was on the table and, and, and an opportunity to work with um, some partners on the table. But there was something in me that was like, this just isn't right. And I, I, I don't know that I even know to this day why, but I can tell you I'm really happy that I didn't grab that branch and that I waited for a better log that yeah. would actually get me to the shoreline. Why well, I, I like how she describes it because this one part because it does make me reflect on those these last few years, right? Um, and it it was heavy for both of us. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't my company, but no, but you felt the impact of the uncertainty and yeah. well, ups and, I, downs and I was and, there. I supported you and watched you grow it and yeah, yeah. cultivate it and yeah. turn it into something. Well, I traveled for. I mean, I was gone. You know twice a month for three days doing speaking events speaking for three days and you and you were, were so that meant you were probably gone for like four or five days at a time yeah yeah i would usually leave so, on, yeah. so 10 days each month and we were traveling month. yeah and we had i mean we had a lot of great good time together during that like we there was definitely a lot of deposits with the with the withdrawals but 
but that was a lot that was a big commitment for you to be a, a single mom 10 days a month um so you tell me if if this is this part resonates with you and, okay. and what you kind of experienced okay. after your company fell apart yeah um so she goes, life isn't all onward and upward. It's also wide open plateaus and shadowy thresholds, the lonely liminal spaces between what's ended and what has yet to begin. And that's when the darkness can feel most acute and anxiety most intolerable. So what shows up for me is it reminds me, and I, I'm a big fan of Byron Katie, and and I, her book, Loving What Is, was, was probably one of the most impactful books at this stage because there was another thing we were going through, which was sort of a journey into our relationship and um, some of the dysfunction that we had in our relationship at that time. And and um, I, for many years, had felt a, a decent amount of rejection from you. And so by what's interesting is by by sitting in rejection, which what's interesting when I when I would feel rejection. Um, I was perpetuating rejection, right? I was I was not accepting what is. Uh, I, I, I struggled to be honest about what I felt. I struggled to be um, to find words and ways to communicate it without being sarcastic or be I guess belittling sometimes or maybe patronizing patronizing is the thing I'm really good at. And so so um, but when I when I choose another and and I still at times slip into that there are times where I still slip into that, but I think when I when I choose to instead sit with it that this what this is cannot be rejected what this is what there is is to look at what else what questions could I ask how could you know how and I think I I mean I know the other day I was just thinking you know I probably should ask her hey the other night I felt a little bit disconnected is there something I could do to create more connection for you in that night. And and maybe the answer is no. I think sometimes you default to no because I don't think you want to put it on me. I think sometimes it's easier for you to just take it on yourself. No, that was just me. But I think there sometimes is things I could do that... So ahead. I just had a thought. Uh -huh. um, I think sometimes when you... When we experience, you know, disconnection, which everyone mm -hmm. does in relationships. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would think so, yeah. I'm assuming... I've never been in anybody else's relationship. But I think sometimes I need a little space because it's almost like I need to reconnect with myself. Okay. I don't think you can connect with another person mm -hmm. when you don't, when you feel disconnected with your, with yourself. Does that make sense? Like if I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed. Okay. So... I, I don't know if I want to go here, but so I think that what happens for me though, is I feel like we maybe sometimes go on a date mm -hmm. or we go have fun with friends. And now I know sometimes we've gone out with friends and maybe there is a disconnection that I didn't anticipate or see. Right. And that can create, but I feel like there's also sometimes where we have a great night together and we're really, we really feel like we're having fun. I feel like we, we are connected and then something shifts and so, so I guess, how does that relate to what you're saying? Or is that something different that you want to talk about on a different podcast? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, let's save that for another podcast. Okay. I think that will just... Divert where yeah. we're going. So, so, but but what you are saying is that it, it's also fair for... And, and I think that many times I do see that, that, that I'm 
comfortable. I'm in a place where, Hey, let's connect. Let's be, let's joke around or whatever. And you're processing something. And so giving someone the space to let them process. Some of us process very fast. Um, some of us process more deeply and they need time to do that. So fair enough. Okay. Okay. So this, this kind of wraps up this quote. Okay. Um, she says it becomes clear that young or old, everyone in the room has experienced both the ache of loss and the quickening pulse of new potential. We share a sense of being on a mission without a map. And I like that last part Mm -hmm. to me that feels like surrendering Mm -hmm. versus, um, what was that? What did we do that one podcast on surrendering versus creation versus? Yeah. Um, we don't, you don't have a map. So you're on a mission Mm-hmm. In the sense of you, you do want to like create your life. You mm-hmm. want to make it better or grow. Have an intention. Yeah, for have it. an intention mm-hmm. for it. Um, but you don't have a map, so it's not all laid out. Yeah, you you really don't have control. To me, that I, and this is you know speaking. Uh, this is one of the things I love about entrepreneurship. I don't think everybody it, it's it's scary as as hell sometimes when you're when you're in it. But I remember when I was building the Real Alliance, and I, when I when I started doing real estate, I had a mentor. I had a guy who had done real estate, so I'd learned from him, and he kind of walked me down the path, and that was that was really helpful. But when we started building um, the other company, I had never done anything, and there wasn't anybody that was doing exactly what I was trying to do, um, or, or really even anything that was, you know, 70%, well, I, let's say, I would say maybe 50% of what we were trying to do. So there were elements of it that, that, you know, so there were other people teaching real estate, but the whole kit and caboodle of what we were trying to put together was different. And I think that's the reason why we had such a tremendous success rate with our students, um, you know, compared to, compared to the industry. Um, and so it's, it's interesting as you, as you sit in things, and you sit with things, um, the, the opportunity to say, it's okay that all I know is the next step to take. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to get to what I'm intending. So. I like that. The next right step. Oh yeah. That's another book you've read. No. Oh. Oh. Is that a podcast? Next right thing. Oh, there's a podcast. I do like that podcast. Yeah. Um, that is a book. I haven't read it yet. But, oh, okay. Um, okay, here's another quote. Okay. Being here is an... Im- Let me try that again. All right. Being here is an invitation to experience both the joy and the pain of living fully and feeling everything. The real work, it turns out, is about learning how to say yes to that invitation. The journey, not surprisingly, isn't about getting from someplace lacking to some pe- someplace better. It is about learning how to travel well, how to negotiate the inevitable bumps in the road more skillfully. Yeah, that's that's really that someplace lacking. I think I think it, I think that's the great mis or the great mistake of or what's the word uh, delusion of life is that lack is always bad. You know, if 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 you don't have enough food, that's bad. If you don't have enough relationships, that's bad. If you don't have enough of anything, that's bad. And then it translates almost into like a subconscious, like we're not enough. And um, it's easy. It's really easy to get caught up in, you know, the lack in, in focus. And then it seems like what we do is then we go, okay, so what what is it? Okay, let's make our to-do list of all the things that would make us not lack. 
and that's look that now we're going to control mm-hmm. and um and I don't think it's bad I, I guess okay so is it bad to make the to-do list I don't think necessarily if you let yourself be ruled by to-do list I oh, okay different I like that I like that because I like what David David Allen talks about in his book getting things done that it, it, there's there's some value in getting the list out of your head because mm-hmm. otherwise it sort of ruminates and kind of you know clogs up the the system but if we get it on paper, it sort of puts it out there. Um, maybe it's more to do with the weight we feel in having to get those things done that the unhealthiness potentially can creep in. Yeah. Do you think so? Okay. Um, I, I liked how she said, uh, it, uh, being here is an invitation to experience both the joy and the pain of living fully. Mm-hmm. And the real work is about saying yes to that invitation. Mm. So we, when we say yes to the all the good we want to happen, we also need to realize and embrace that we're saying yes to maybe all the heartache. Mm. On or, the way. Or the pain yeah. or the sadness yeah. that will accompany yeah. some of those really awesome things. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, two couples that we're close to um, both gone through divorce recently. Um, not every single party in those divorces is, is at a better place, but, but most of them are, um, are finding, um, greater happiness than they had before. And divorce is typically categorized as, as very negative, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and a failure. And yet going through the pain that they've gone through and it's been painful and, and the pain's not over. Um, but, the finding of the new space that they're finding um, was only possible if they were really willing to face the pain. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, it seems like there's a lot of both in the Bible, some of their spiritual writings. It, it, it's pretty common. It's interesting that there's, there's these stories of, of either prophets or men that sort of have this experience of, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to follow God or God's way, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I encounter is darkness is or, or challenge or, and it's like, you would think that when we step into sort of that, 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 which is our, um, God's will mm-hmm. or, or our, our alignment with our truest purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in line now. So everything should just fall into place. Sometimes the dark, we still have to go through the darkness in that. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that's a mistake on our human part, thinking that everything will fall into place. Yeah. But, it's like she's saying that the darkness yeah, is bad. This, this quote, quote goes, yeah. Okay. The seemingly solid structure of life I now know is a fantasy. Things are constantly coming apart and then being rebuilt into new forms over and over again. Yeah. yeah. I, th- that, I th- think that's really true of relationships. Yeah. Um. One one therapist, man, I wish I could give her credit because um, I, I, it was really great what she said. Um, but she said, I've stopped telling people to try to find their truth because because situations are always changing. And I'm, I'm probably botching up what she said, but basically situations and, and, and who we are in situations is constantly changing. And so there, there is no like consistent like whole 
way that you are that won't shift at all for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's integrity points and there's, you know, there's, I'm an honest person. I'm a, I'm a person that doesn't, you know, cross certain lines. I have certain boundaries. I don't think that she was saying none of that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but sometimes we're so in the seeking of what's my truth that we're not as present to just being with the moment that we're in. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, then she says, I feel as if my deficiencies matter less and less. Whenever I get out of my own way, something good is right there waiting for me, ready to meet me where I am. Which makes me think about surrendering. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we look at the different times in our life where it felt out of control, but mm -hmm. we, we let go of the control. Yeah. People, opportunities. Mm-hmm put like came across on our path and yeah yeah that's the map of the book's called the magical journey right like yeah. it's it's like um there's i it's almost like there's something powerful about accepting and seeing the magic that creates more of the magic yeah i don't know that i can explain why that is but it's i love magic i know you do, do you like see what magic. my shirt says what does it say perfectly magical thank you very much <laughs> you are perfectly magical <laughs> It's awesome. It's a plan, a Harry Potter quote. It, it sounds like it. Um, okay, you got another one for yeah, us? Yeah, this one's good. Okay, I'm ready. To live is to die to how we wanted it to be and to open more to truth. To love is to accept it is the most extraordinary power. Okay, you got to okay. break that one down. So we'll do the part, first part. Okay. To live is to die to how we wanted it to be. To so, live. So what? Like, think about the times you felt like most alive. Like yeah. you were just. I was either really afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but was it ever how you thought it would be? In those, in those moments, the what, how you got to no, where No, there's you... almost like a, like a spontaneousness nature to a lot of like, you know, I talk about hyper-emotional experiences a lot in some of the trainings I do with people where our hyper-emotional experiences come from like sort of a jolt of it. It's like a, it's a hyper of something it's more than you're expecting which creates the hyper emotion to me that's surrendering right there that those just few words mm -hmm. to live is to die to how we wanted it to be yeah now they say to men who want to live fully must be willing to die fully um and and then i love the it's all on my social media everywhere is is all men die few men really live which brings me to this little okay comment quote further down the page being busy is not the same as feeling alive that happiness is not an achievement but a choice so there's there's a sort of relationship between contentment and aliveness yeah and and so so maybe what what you're saying what this is kind of saying is that when we sit in the anxieties what what happens is the anxieties actually create a a rejection of life they create a space in us that says i want to reject life i want to go numb mm -hmm. I, I can't handle feeling all that this is so i'm going to go numb and so the very desire to live is being counteracted by this desire to be numb and so what where where the living exists is on the other side of the anxiety of, of the well sometimes you look at, at at change mm -hmm. it's it's bad right because it's hard because it's different 
Yeah. It's new. It's unknown. Unknown. As she says, change is part of being human, but it's not the enemy. And I think sometimes we look yeah. at change mm-hmm. as the enemy because it's disruptive. It yeah. can be disruptive in a really great way, mm-hmm. but I think um, a lot of times it's disruptive in a, it's a harder, sometimes it feels like it makes life harder in that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, change definitely creates more of that uncertainty, right? Like, so there's always a certain level of uncertainty. And then if you step into change, it's like, oh, I'm going to step in even more uncertainty. Um, but that's where growth happens. Yeah. If you, if you stay the same in the name of certainty, yeah, you're actually denying yourself this evolutionary growth that can happen. Well, and I think that's one of, you know, I, I, there's some of these motivational guys are all rock and roll guys. You know, they say they, it's like, it's like a guy said it the other day is, and I'm going to once again, botch it up. I'm going to forget who said it, but he was like, maybe it was Ed Milet, but it was some of the tune of like, you know, look, you're suffering no matter what you're dealing with. If, if you're poor and struggling to pay your bills and your relationship is hard, you're struggling. If you're running a business and it's a million dollar business and you got people problems, you're struggling. The truth is you're struggling. There's, there is struggle in every walk of life. It's just, do you want to be in a walk of life that you feel like you're empowered and that you're sort of self-expressing in, or do you want to walk the walk of life that is the victim or the, the complacent walk it is what it is that it is what it is and there's nothing i can do about it mm-hmm. both are you're going to experience pain either way it's not we're not talking like success in life or building towards success in life is not a journey of e- escaping struggle now i do think it can be a journey of escaping suffering yes and i think pain and suffering is different i wrote something in my oh i it was, it's a quote by me, guys. Oh, this is a, <laughs> uh, if you would like to write this down, grab a pen. This is going to be a quote by Molly Rose Elmer. Okay. I said, when we reject, we suffer. Surrender, we can still experience pain, but you don't get stuck there. Yeah. Stuckness is pain that turns into suffering. Oh, that's deep, babe. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that's really like the crux of all this, right? Is that... We think pain is bad, but pain's actually a signal. Yeah. To us. Yeah. It can help us wake up, mm-hmm. uh, take your hand off the burner, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. It's not, we look at pain and we say it's bad. Yeah. But really it's, it's the suffering. It's when you just get stuck in the pain and then you just are overcome and, well, and suffering. I don't think, um, or I haven't experienced anything positive from sitting and suffering for a long time yeah it's like we perpetuate the suffering as we choose not to step forward i you know i, I i'm not a therapist or anything but i occasionally work with people i remember working with one one of um my friends we were actually working on a project together and and she was she was having some anxiety and um and so i i do visualizations a lot when i'm coaching people um through kind of reaching their next level or or whatever and so so she came down and she's like i'm just feeling this anxiety and i'm like and um, I think a lot of us are used to, oh, well, you're going to be okay. Just, you know, just relax and just breathe. You're going to be fine. And, and breathe, breath is actually really powerful, I think. Um, but, but what I did is I took her through a visualization which allowed her heart to 
first we identified where where that anxiety sat in her body and then we went into a space of allowing her heart her to focus on her heart and it was cool because she just did this all herself like she this is her own um, process that she's kind of experiencing i just kind of guide it and but but her heart sort of grew big enough to wrap around what was this dark ball of anxiety and as that dark as that that heart wrapped around it it sort of just melted it didn't reject it flick it out it didn't kick it out it, well it, it's almost like it loved it it loved it it accepted the anxiety okay. as a message and and in that it dissipated and she calmed down and we were able to have a great day and get some things done and and um and so i think that that's that 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 um is sort of a uh well it's a real life example of of how we when we're sitting in the anxiety of things um we really have to be careful about asking the question or we, it would be powerful to ask the question Am I rejecting the anxiety or am I listening to the message of the anxiety? Yeah. We'll do two more. Okay. I know this is going to be a longer one. Okay. This Hopefully so, it's been good. So good, isn't it? I think it's so good. I like talking to you. You know what? I'm doing this for you and I. If anybody else wants to listen <laughs> in, welcome. You and me. Sure. You're doing it for yourself. Me. I'm doing it for me. So you'd use me. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> I never claimed to be a grammar expert. I, so. I, I'm not either, but I think. I don't know why I'm so like intrigued. Like, well, you're, you're to teaching it to your kids, so it's good to well, try to understand it. So we don't have a bunch of. I'm being assisted by other. Oh yeah, you've got a lot of good <laughs> materials. Okay. All right, Katrina says I am waiting for a sign, something that will nudge me toward whatever it is I'm meant to do next. It's still new to me. This way of living by opening, trusting that something like grace is already at work in my life, but I'm beginning to believe it. After a lifetime spent trying to figure out what's expected of me and then trying to live up to those expectations to orchestrate outcomes and anticipate what might go wrong, I'm count. I'm coming to trust that the path I'm meant to be on is simply the one that appears at my feet. Yeah. There was two things there. It was, it was the path I'm meant to be on is the one at my feet. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just watching or sensing and looking, not for expectation, but for... How did she describe it? That that something? She's, uh, after a lifetime spent trying to figure out what's expected of me and then trying to live up to those expectations. It was right before that she said something oh, else. This way of living by opening, trusting that something like grace is already at work in my life. Yeah. There's actually one more sentence above that. <laughs> I am waiting for a sign, something there. that will nudge me toward whatever it is I'm meant to do next. Yeah. Now, I think you have to be careful with that because I think you can kind of look for too big of a sign, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's sort of this balancing act of, um, I've got, you know, it's, well, I think that I think waiting for a sign, I think we expect something big, yeah. but it's, it's small, something that will nudge me. Yeah. She's not saying something that shines bright and flashes. I'm yeah. here. Right. Do this. Yeah. Go this way. Right. That's why learning to trust yourself and listening to your intuition is important because that's where you'll get You'll those, recognize the nudges. Starting to recognize those signs. The I liked. Ones. I liked what she said. Um, trying to live up to those expectations to orchestrate outcomes and anticipate what might go wrong. I think I was really good at. <laughs> yeah. Trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. In my were. in my younger years. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Doesn't idea. make you very happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then she says, "Our job is to not to will and." 
Our job is not to will anything to happen, but rather to invite in the best of what is meant to be, not directing the flow of energy, but participating in it. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation we're going to have. Surrendering is all about not yeah. forcing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a. There's, I like how she said she keeps saying over and over participating. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to, maybe in our, maybe our next podcast will be this conversation of what creation, what I see creation as, and then you can chime in on what you think it is. But, okay. um, and so maybe we'll have that in our next podcast. Um, cause I think this is such a fine line, right? Like it's like, Wait, but I, but are you think, just saying that I just walk and then whatever I whatever yeah, happens? But I think creation is a a part of surrendering because it's not surrendering to me. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the formula that creates surrendering creations in there because mm-hmm. it's a part. She talks about participating. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Okay, so we'll yeah. save that for. An, we'll, an, well, yeah, we'll go. We'll off all on that end more. with this quote. Okay. There are, it seems, an infinite number of ways to tap into the mystery of life. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So what's one way you're tapping into mystery of life lately? Oh, I like the new app we downloaded and have a membership. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gaia. Gaia, yeah. 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 It's I interesting. Say, yeah. And I think it's, it's um, that leads to another conversation we can talk about exploration and the power of exploration in our lives. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, this has been all about, uh, so let's wrap up with our thoughts on contentment versus complacency. complacency. So I would say contentment is, uh, feeling settled and grounded. Mm -hmm. What what we said in the first, all you needed to listen to is the first five minutes of this podcast and you were good. You didn't have to listen to the rest. (laughs) Well, to me, it's, you are surrendering is you're present mm-hmm. and you don't see stuckness as bad yeah. you don't see lack as bad you, you rather see it you're as participating something you're participating without forcing in. yeah and complacency is you to me you it's feel a, stuck yeah you're stuck and and complacency is is actually almost a fight it, it, it seems like it's not an action, mm-hmm. but it's an action of rebellion against. Where you're reject, your yeah. part of you is you're complacent and you just accept that it is what it is, but yeah. you're also rejecting. You're fighting what change. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Really, complacency is the act of fighting change. And, and therefore, you must be rejecting it. You must see something wrong with that. So, well, this has been Deep Thoughts by so, Jack. Handy. One more time. <laughs> the book. The book is Magical Journey uh-huh. and Apprenticeship and Contentment by Katrina Kinnison. Yeah, check it out. Go 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 read it and uh, let us know. And if you guys liked this sort of book review quote concept and uh, want us to do more of these, then uh, you know, let us know. Give us a re- give us a feedback in the uh, review section. Um, otherwise, you can find us on Stream and Freedom, www.streamandfreedom.com. That connects you to our TikTok channel. We have actually a growing TikTok channel where basically yeah, that, I just we could do make that for an, we can do that for an interesting fact. Oh, okay, next time. Well, it's too late. Study out. <laughs> Way to ruin it. I ruined it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's time to wrap up. But next week is going to be amazing. And if you like the podcast, take a moment to rate and review. And you can do that on iTunes by simply going on the podcast that you're listening to right now. That episode right below that is the 
out of control podcast title. Click on that and then scroll all the way down to the bottom where it'll say, write a review. When you leave a review, we have a special gift we're going to give away to each week to one person with the funniest or best review. And once you leave a review, you're in the running for all future week's prizes.